peacock on that one, yeah. They yeah, got the hair advantage. I, I am. I am what feathers? They got feathers? We, we yeah, need they do like a <laughs> Mickey Mouse thing. can drive vehicles. <laughs> Anyways, that's fair. All right, welcome to previously on a damage control pod. D- I didn't write an intro. I was trying to do a Daniel. That's obvious. Yeah. Can you do the intro? I was trying to do you. Now I'm all nervous. Well, I was prepared for it. Oh. Yeah. All right. Welcome to uh, previously on a damage control podcasting production. Uh, Adam is our studio head for no, today. No. Uh, San Quentin. San Quentin. Quentin. Adam. Quote Quentin. Thank you. Tyler. Ty- <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I was looking at Tyler when I said that. Yeah, you is, is the studio head for today's episode. My uh, my production <clears throat> company is called Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. Uh, so previously on is a game show where our studio head, Adam, there you go. is supposed to be doing the introduction <laughs> and also revealing the rules to you. Uh, we will be writing a movie based off one of his prompts. Um, and then Which we'll is... be scoring points based off of that. And then Adam will decide... Uh, who's has the best movie, and then they will then make the writing prompt for the next movie, and go from there. Danny, I'll take it from so, here. Okay. So <laughs> previously on, previously on, I won. Uh, we did we did spinoffs. Yes. Which was supposed to be TV. Uh, I did a brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, spinoff. I'd like to say I hate you because I listen to music at my desk at work yeah. and what song has literally played every single day since that Baby. Fucking, fucking dream police. Hey, I, really? sh- I shit you not at least once either I'm sitting at my desk or I'm like writing on the board behind my desk and I just hear dream police. And I'm like fucking dude. So oh. since I won I called oh. my friend San, oh. San Quentin. I, I do want to take note that Adam only won because Cody's spinoff movie ended up not being a spinoff of Synstodian, which was the first episode. But who wrote Synstodian? This guy. Yeah. And I didn't win because me and Daniel had a prior agreement that we were going to stop lobbing it back and forth. It had been going on for quite mm-hmm. some time. We didn't you know, want you to get a face and neck lift. And... What <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> That was much better than the joke I was going to go with. <laughs> I thought you was just picking up. Uh, we, need to, <laughs> we need to start filming this shit. Uh, anyways. Probably shouldn't film that part. Yeah, anyway, so I call, I called my, fil- my film, my friend, San Quentin, of Jailhouse Rocks Pictures. So they... Never they, heard of this studio. They're underground. Under rocks. Um, so they... They, they they like they're hi- they're a hipster. I know it's surprising coming from me, but they're no. a hipster. <laughs> they're a hipster movie uh, studio film company there, and uh, they're tired of superheroes. They're tired of Barbies blowing up the world with atom bombs, right? So we're gonna do what everyone can relate with: blue collar horror. You take horror. Jeff Foxworthy. You take Ron. Who's retiring? Do you know Ron White's retiring? I thought he was dead. Yeah, no. Well, with his drinking, he's probably pretty close to it. Anyways. No, Ron White. Ron White. Oh, Ron White. Yeah, he drinks like a fish. Uh, Drink and drinks and smokes. Like uh, He smokes like a fish. He also does cocaine. Uh, it's I don't common, drink water it's a common, fish have sex in it. It's a common misconception about fishes drinking. Did you know that? Did you know that there was a fish that saved Pittsburgh? Yeah. No, it's a common misconception about fishes drinking. 
you can tune a fish, but you can't tune fish. I did that back. <laughs> yeah, you did. Anyway, blue-collar horror. <laughs> horror. We want to do a blue-collar horror. We want to find. I want to find horror in every day. I, you know, you think horror films, you think cops, serial killers, you think dudes out in the woods. I want the horror. Why does it got to be dudes? I've never a chick. There's been chick serial killers, but I've never known one in the woods. It's usually dudes in the woods. Oh, so well, Blair Witch. Blair Witch is a lady, maybe. We haven't seen her. I'm gonna say there's a spoiler, but one of the uh, the killers in a very recent franchise was a woman. In the woods? Not in the woods. See, but... that's why I said dude in the woods. Mm. See? Uh, mm. Uh, mm. Mm. Scream 6? Well, I wasn't going to give it away because who's the killer is a pretty big plot point of that. No, is it? That that's the whole, the whole point? point. Yeah, it's the whole point of all the Scream movies is <laughs> who's the killer. I yeah, because it changes each time, right? Yeah. No, it's always Ghostface. I'm going to... Blue collar horror. Cool. I know. I know you were trying to say I'm going to fucking kill you, but that is not what came across the audio. I because well, I was going to say it, but uh, I didn't want to be crass, so I decided not to say it. Yeah. yeah so what came across was oh, I'm going to fuck. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like your comment about your strength that one time. <laughs> you make one ill-advised joke, and everybody's on your case. Oh. Okay, who's going? Who would like to go first? No I went first last time. Okay, so Cody, you can go first this time since you're so used to it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> okay, Tyler, you go first. Okay, all right. So. Here we go. Blue Jailhouse Rock Productions present Blue Collar Horror Pitch. Do we have to put a rhyme in it. It would help. I can't think of Cody, rhyme. you're gonna I win anyway. So I can't think of a rhyme. So what? the the movie opens up with the the grainy wait are we recording record? VHS dialogue of like those those old really crappy budget orientation videos where like the acting's all uh, over I'm the thinking, top. I'm thinking of Dharma Initiative type. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. Good. So so good, it's good. you know a, a he scores a, a point with me. A warehouse. Time. You know you've got your safety videos and like it's got the really bad 80s graphics where like the the words come like bouncing down the screen it's like yeah it's like welcome to the company and then you know you've got the the opening credits and then so that's just kind of like getting you like it's showing you around where the the film is going to take place in this in this warehouse and it also towards the end it you know it's it's doing that good employee, bad employee, where it's like, don't act like this guy, be like this guy, and then it it freezes on the the last person, and that's your your main character, and it's like, be a good employee like Walter, and then it it's gonna slowly transition. And we have a thing like at this final scene. Remember, be safe, and then he does like a roll, uh, like a swinging thumbs up, and that stops, and it just glitches a little bit. Quit, quit stealing my movie, Cody. So that it freezes on the main character's face. Okay. It's, you know, be like, be an employee like Wally, or Walter, and then it it uh, it transitions from that grainy to present day. And you know, your character's clearly aged, and now he's you know, in his mid to late forties. And uh, the anyone, main, anyone who's close to that age should fucking die. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, face and neck lift. Um, that's me. I'm close to that age. I was, yeah, I was making I, fun I, I, of myself. Yeah, I get that, but a lot of you guys are. Yeah, Daniel. 
your main character's name I don't is know, four my age. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> is is Walter played by Zach Galifianakis? Ooh. Ooh. No wait, he's like fifty something though. He can act younger. than Wait, he are we talking? And, and the sixteen-year-olds in movies aren't sixteen. Well, that loses my sexual fantasy. Uh, now, is this bearded Zach Galifianakis? Yes. Long hair or buzz cut Zach? Galifianakis? This is important. It's long hair. Oh, okay. Like out what? cold. Well, yes. Did he used to have short hair when he was in the training video? He's wearing a hard hat. Yeah, but in the training video, but no see. beard. Yeah, no beard. Mustache though. No. Clean shaven. Oh, okay. And so that shows you the transition. So gotcha. I like his. So, so he's a uh, warehouse technician. Loads and unloads trailers. Sets all that stuff up. He works in this this warehouse, and he's the he's the oldest person, or the oldest, not age wise, but he's been there the longest. Right, most so seniority. He, so he works with all these young kids, or you know, people in their twenties don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just there for a paycheck and you know he he kind of like hangs out by himself they catch him like talking to himself so they call him weird wally and uh so then the the movie progresses like a normal day it you know does a little another little um fuck what's it called what's it rocky for the montage there it is so it does like a montage of you know going throughout the day and, you know why the, rocky four he does a montage in every movie I know, but Rocky Four is what I went to. Okay. So it's him doing the montage, you know. It, they've got, like, the classic, you know, slide the card in and then go about his day, slide the card out, yada. So then you start to, you're kind of just watching it, and you're like, okay, it's a normal, <coughs> everyday thing. You know, what's it going to be? So it's it's him sitting at his desk, and, you know, all the new guys are up there, you know, give him a hard time. Trailer backs up. You know, when a trailer backs up to a loading dock, it slams into the... That was a cool effect. It slams, yeah, that, that it slams into the wall, and you hear the... And so everyone, That's the title of a movie about a cult of snakes. It's related to the one about the flat tire. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, everyone's like, oh, you, know, you better get to work, better get to work. And then, you know, all of a sudden you just hear... Cause, so at this loading dock, you've got an overhead door. Right. So naturally, know, so you just hear something like beating against this door, and inside the overhead door, there's you know a small window that you can see out, and uh, you just hear like this banging on the door. So eventually, someone's you know making a joke, and they get they walk up to the door, and just something just slams against the door. So there's something clearly inside there. Clearly. So. They're all they all start freaking out. Well, then it becomes your typical horror film where all the doors are locked and then, you know, lights start going on and off. <clears throat> you know, lights eventually go down and you get those red safety lights. Well, it's such an old plant in under you know, underutilized, you know, half of them don't work. And these guys, you know, they're relatively new. So, you know, they look towards the guy that they've just been making fun of the whole time. To get, how to get out, and so it becomes like a zombie. Like I, I I'm fine with this as long as like did always well, like did nobody follow the fire escape? Know where the fire escape routes are? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's going. You know he's like, you know, and and this long, you know, I've known how to do this, and you guys don't listen, and you know now he's you know getting kind of arrogant, but you know 
it's still not an element of comedy, but he's, you know, you should have done this type of thing. So this is more of a serious sack off now, like yeah. bat, like baskets. Yeah. Okay. Or him and below. Oh yeah. That's where Weird Wallet came from. Right. Well, yeah. So, so it becomes you know eventually the the creature they're not zombies they're some kind of creatures bust through the the glass and you just there you just see them like crawling through this glass falling down the door into it. So they all have to follow this guy that they've just been ridiculing and you know he's leading them into a spot that's safe and then someone you know is all no we can't do this why are we fucking listening to him and that's your so-and-so that runs out and you know runs to the middle of the plant and he's like it's safe we're fine and then like the creature like jumps at him and like tears him in half like Mm. through the red light so it's like this wait through the red light those safety lights. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's like this. he's fine one second, light flashes off, light flashes there, something there, like, ah! Yeah, like, it light literally like, just like flies across the screen, like, snaps him in half. Like, his legs are still standing there, and then after his body's off the screen, his legs just fall down. Okay. So, it's this, you know, run and hide type storyline. So, eventually, it all whittles down, and it's <clears throat> Wally gets to the only. The only escape, the only exit that I haven't tried, and it's the, for some reason, I don't know why I picked this, it's the, the electrical room that has a, a back entrance from the old plant that it used to be. So it's him in this room, and he's by himself, and he flips, you know, an old-style giant breaker switch, and then... How oh, old is this factory? It's, it's, it's patchwork. It's it's patchwork from all the different things oh, yeah, that have been the, there. Right, right. So he flips the switch. Do you switch have up. one of those at your place? Yeah. Fuck off, seriously? Yeah. Oh wow. So he flips this this switch up and the lights come on in this room and, and it's he's, the bat cave. And no no no. Oh. Close. No. Uh all those creatures are just surrounding him. So he the one place that he thought he was safe, and his hands like right on the exit door. And then the the screen cuts to black. And then it, you hear the sound of uh, the the overhead door going back up, and then you hear uh, like the the sound the creatures make them running is like this scuttling type noise, and then you hear the the overhead door closing again, the sounds of the trailer leaving, the screen still black, everything silent, and then you hear you know lights in effect, you know the. As the sections of lights come on, and it's uh, it the the music to the welcome video start playing, and it cuts to a a room where it's all these people you know sitting for orientation, and it's the same factory and everything, and you know it's, mm-hmm. it's people just sitting there in various states. One person's paying attention, one person's on their phone, one guy's asleep, and then you know the the movie end or the the welcome video ends and the door opens and then in wearing uh, a suit you know ready to introduce everyone to the factory is Wally so what so he's he's it's like a cabin in the woods type thing it's him masterminding this feeding these creatures to keep them at bay so you thought he was the dumb accomplice or the the idiot the whole movie and he's really the mastermind of everything but but if the people are watching 
They're not watching what we just watched, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay, no, I no. misunderstood. No, no, no. Okay, it's okay. the it's the welcome to such and such. Right, I, I thought they were watching. So the okay, entire plot of the movie is him like, oh, everywhere else is locked, but I know a safe way, and it's him keeping them in the factory long enough for the creatures yeah. to feed. It's like him leading them. You know, he's like, all right, I know that if we take them to point A, you know, this, you know, I mean, he doesn't know for a fact, but it's like, this will probably happen here. Eventually, he knows that they will all be picked off. Okay. So he's, so he's it's the mastermind like the entire An time. unwritten agreement that he has with these creatures so they can hunt in an atmosphere that nothing can get away from. Well, let's not explain it. Let's just... Well, that, that's no the thing. Reason. It's just it's just hinting at the fact that he's not this dumb guy that just... Sit, like, he's clearly the mastermind. Yeah, the it, could be any, it could be anything from... These are the ancient creatures, and this is the only way to uh, keep them from overrunning the world. Is he sacrifices all these people, or he's just a psychopath? That he's a, found these. Yeah, creatures. he's like a Frankenstein type person that creates these people and he controls them. It does, uh, I like for one. You get points for me because I love bottle episode type movies. Uh, two, I like weird creature type type shit. Um, well, are we actually going to show these creatures at all, or are they going to be Zack Snyder darkness all the way? Oh, can they be more like bugs, like in Mim- Mim- um, uh, uh, Mimic? Yeah. You've never seen that movie? Have no, you? I haven't. Have you seen Mimic? Yeah, that's the one with the cockroach yeah. people, right? What do you think? Well, no, they're they're cockroaches. They're not. Yeah. They're genetically altered, obviously. Right. I do want the scene where like the guy literally gets ripped in half, though, in his legs. I, I was picturing Dave Franco. <clears throat> As that guy, I can see that. And I want um, what's his face from New Girl in it somewhere? <laughs> Jake Johnson. Yeah. Okay. What if we set up? What if we set up Jake Johnson as the hero? Like he's the guy that's like he's going to fucking win. He's the one that's going to survive, and he gets wiped out. Like the very first one, he get wiped out. All right. That's one. All right. I ain't arguing. That no, I was just thinking about that. At work. And I was also picturing while you were talking, uh, marketing wise, put out a put out via a limited run VHS with like the labeling is all about the orientation video, like cheesy graphics. Mm-hmm. And it's, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, I like the, the anal- sarcasm hurt me. No, I think that would be cool. I like the elements of analog horror. The analog. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a that's a, a budding and popular genre right now that I'm kind of starting to get into. Um, well, analog horror. What do you mean? So analog horror is like um, a type of horror that's based in early '90s. Usually, it's got the the, the grainy VHS kind of. T- oh, uh, I see. I see. Scene. I see. Um, <clears throat> trying to think of some of the the ones to go and watch. Um, it's a much more popular as like a web series because it's more of a internet thing that's coming out with an oh, actual cinema like thing. Oh, like the empty spaces type. Uh, no, the backroom. Yeah, yeah kind of like backroom, but backroom's not really analog. But yeah, kind of like backroom. Gotcha. Um, I'm sorry, you just keep saying backroom and analog, and that's all I can think of. Um, like news station. Was it twenty three? Station 23, Station 22, something like that. Um, the alternate one, which is the Mandela Catalog, is the name of that one. Um, they're all these grainy and, like, they usually have some sort of esoteric storytelling devices where they'll swap, like, from 
hand cam footage into a uh, AIM chat logs to you know different things like that. What are AIM chat logs? AIM. What are those? Uh, those uh, AOLs, instant messaging uh, from the early nineties. Like ICQ. Yeah, like ICQ. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. What did ICQ stand for? Instant chat. Quora. No, what did ICQ stand for? Uh, it was Internet Chat something. Q. Yeah, I don't know what Q was for ICQ. Uh, what were we title wise? What were we thinking? Well, was it just Q like uh, queuing? Oh that yeah. Way it could certainly could be. Uh, Honestly, I didn't think of a title. The only thing I don't want is I, I like it. I, I like John <laughs> Culper. I how, like John. Oh, sorry. How about safety first? Safety not guaranteed. No. Jake no, Johnson's ar- in that. That's already a movie. Oh. Uh, do. What's the What's the ADM thing? Was it safe oh. or not at all? <laughs> safe or not at all? Uh, lockout tag out. Lockout tag out. <laughs> You the can do na- lock-in lock tag-out. Seeing as how we're not remotely on the rails at all, the name ICQ derived from the the English phrase, I seek you. Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay. I was trying to look that up. The only thing I don't want to do in this movie, and I think it would fit in this movie, I just don't like it because it's overused, is I don't want a John Carpenter synth soundtrack. I love John Carpenter-style synth soundtracks. It's that ever since... Stranger Things has boomed. Every fucking movie now has a John Carpenter. What if you don't do scene? any soundtrack? What if it's just the sounds, you know... That the creepy-ass sounds. No, like, it's a factory, right? So what if we have a stomp soundtrack? Get out. Okay. Get out. Dolores, she's now security. Oh, okay. She's on the roids. Um, <laughs> no, like, what if, what if you don't do any... You know, you've been in a the... In a plant when it's shut down. Never been in here. Shut up. You know, you've got like the the giant industrial fans as they're cranking around and right. everything like that. Yeah, like, I think you could do no music. I think you've got to have some background sounds though. But well, yeah, you'd have almost, background sounds. Yeah. But like the only music you have is like, you know, you don't want to do that. You would have the '80s horrible orientation video music. What yeah. It, and you've got to almost play that like by ear, like in the first um, first little bit, maybe have like an '80s rock soundtrack, just like one song, and then someone accidentally breaks the radio, and it can introduce like Wally into the world, and he's like, "Well, if you had been following protocol, that wouldn't have happened. We would still have music." And then there's no music for the rest of the, well, and you just play with the sounds of the machines as you would normal music, and do like the aleatoric build for. Like generators and engines yeah, and yeah, stuff. Because yeah. well, then that would, since your creatures, you know, make the sound, you know, you could have that, you know, not in the foreground, but, you know, like silently where, you know, people are talking and you can hear it. Okay. Yeah, it slowly gets built, like builds and builds until, yeah. I really, really like I that idea. Like I like that sound back Like, it's idea. giving me flashbacks to my jobs because some of the most terrifying nights I had when I worked in the factory is when I worked third shift at this one place and it was like three of us there, I always wondered like, if I was in one of the back storage rooms and something happened to me, it'd be hours before somebody knew I was gone. Like, and I like that atmosphere, that gives me terror. Another thing that's really creepy at night when you're by yourself working in a factory is when like something goes wrong and the plant shuts down. So you got like that drone of all the, Mm -hmm. in in ADM when, or, a place that I work at that shall not be named. If if something goes wrong for a safety feature, it shuts all the machines down. 
there is nothing creepier than when you're in a giant factory and you're operating and you just you're just so the drone of the machines just shuts off. Yeah, like you know, if one machine is off kilter, you sense it immediately just by the sound, and then you're like, "What's that?" I know, I know. Every time we do this episode, whoever's in charge always does this joke. But Tyler, you're in the lead, I think, so far. Mm-hmm. But there's a requirement every episode. <laughs> I think joke. everyone yeah. has made that joke. Okay. Uh, he went first last time. I'll go next. That's who I'll. I'll Okay. No. Oh. All right. Okay. So the the original idea was um, uh, horror movies is based off where we work. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Right. So my quote unquote blue collar uh, is more related to my work than it is actual blue collar. Okay. Uh, so for those of you who may not know, I work at a mental health facility uh, where we focus on mental illness and substance abuse. Uh, so our movie is going to open up with we're going to follow around uh, and I've decided I want to cast Jennifer Lawrence as our main Do you know she was character. completely naked in her newest movie? She gets kicked what, in the what, muff. What was the name of the movie? Uh, like Daniel no, no, doing no a hard joke feeling. here but no he actually feelings. grabbed a pen up to write that down. I want the audience to know that. No hard feelings. Yeah, well, Did it not come across on the audio? The No, you I, did, I didn't the, hear that. Oh, okay. She's I, wanted, come, I wanted that. Yeah. She's completely naked, and in interviews, she was asked, did you use Vi double, or is that... She goes, she said, no, I am good-looking right now. I might as well do it. Everybody's already seen her naked. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> so we're going to follow her getting ready for, for work, and um, she's going to get... How, how how well are we following yeah. her? We're, we're going to be polite about it. Oh. We're going to be polite about can it. We, can Daniel, we I can tell you this. You're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> can we release an unrated version? Oh, sure. Okay. All right. Okay, we're cool. good. Anyway, so, cut. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so she puts on, you know, slacks, nice shirt, uh, drives to work, um, and we're going to find out that she is a substance abuse counselor. Uh, so she goes, Hey, that's kind of like what you do. That's very similar to what I do. <laughs> Um, so she uh, she goes to work. She says hi to the the, the other employees. She says you know chit chats with the secretary a little bit. We get a good scene of her at the water cooler, um, and then we're gonna go into um, like a group setting, and we're gonna uh, kind of speed through that and cut into this guy who I want it to be like a young Steve Buscemi looking kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of sunken in features that that kind of. Like, um, um, uh, shit, he's everywhere. Uh, he was in a dark night. Uh, Polka Dot Man. Yeah, he would be, he would have yeah. been fine. Uh, the actor who played Vecna in the Stranger Things would work. Okay. Um, Rowan Atkinson. I think he's dead. Uh-huh. Even um, better, he's got that fucking look. So we're gonna find, uh, find someone like him. You gotta make all um, these jokes, and then when he does finally pass. It'll be like... We will oh. have a dedicated episode to say goodbye to him and all of his jokes, so then we can't make that joke anymore. Okay. We still will. Uh, I won't make No, so. we won't. can't make that joke anymore. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, so it's going to gonna cut to him, and he's going to be, you know, kind of talking in more of a stereotypical AA chair circles kind of fashion, because people don't understand what actual group looks like. Right. Um, he's going to be, you know, sitting there talking about, like, you know, I, I keep trying, and... And I keep relapsing. I just feel like there's something in me that keeps, you know, forcing me to do these bad things. And, and you know, I, I just can't feel like my demons are winning. 
Um, and we're going to have Jennifer Lawrence stop him and be like, no, you're not demons. Your mental illness, this is your choices. You know, you, you are struggling to get through things, but you have autonomy, you have control. They are not demons. Um, and be very, very clear about that part of the I conversation. I hear the word autonomy a lot. What does that mean? Um, you have choice. Okay. That means that your actions matter. And that you that have, wasn't a joke. I literally did not Yeah, it means that you have a valid choice gotcha. in, okay. in life. Gotcha. Um, so we're going to kind of group ends wraps up um, and Jennifer Lawrence is going to be kind of prowling around talking to someone and we're going to go to our Steve Buscemi-esque character um, and she's going to talk to him and, and we're going to show that they've got a really good rapport. Like they know each other really well. They're very, very close and you know, Steve's going to, or Steve character is going to um, come out and say, you know, if it wasn't for your influence, I don't know where I'd be. You know, I, I really only come here so I can have you in my life and and Jennifer Lawrence is going to, you know, make sure he's not doing anything inappropriate. No, he can't do anything like that. And then we're going to have gunshots start shooting out throughout the, the building. Okay. Uh, so at that point, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, goes, shuts the doors, locks the door. Everyone barricades out and more gunshots, more gunshots. Um, screaming, yelling, and we're going to have the lights come off. And we're going to do mm, 20 minutes or so of this kind of in-the-room horror um, kind of like uh, fog or stuff like that where we're like oh my god we don't know what we're going to do we can't leave you know we, the, we don't know where they're going to be we're just going to hang out until the police come oh our cell phones aren't working what's going on uh, well so that's not realistic but you know you pick up the phone and the phone is dead and everyone's put their phones in a lockbox or something right, you know? right, like that's right. pretty appropriate for a lot of groups right okay um, and they don't have access to it you know and we're um, maybe we have a couple guys trying to sneak out and they get shot and very early in the movie, we're going to have this kind of rising act into what is going to feel like we're wrapping the movie up with dude is pounding on the door and it breaks through and, and this guy with a gun and, and Jennifer Lawrence is there and she's going to try to talk him down. She recognizes the guy like, hey, you don't have to do this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and just as we think that Jennifer Lawrence has diffused everything, dude, boom, boom, guns are down. And our Steve Buscemi. taps are too. Yeah, huh? yeah, fucker. One each hit. <laughs> right? Uh, so then we have like Steve Buscemi's character is like, no! And then he goes rushing to her, and and then like, dude's gotta stop to reload. So dude's reloading, everyone's panicking, they're screaming. Is this and turning then, into like an Etrigan type thing? Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought he was going to yes. do it. I thought he was going to do a time Tyler, loop. I hate to tell you, if this is an Etrigan type thing. Nah, dude, dude stands up, turns, and then, like, skin starts peeling away, yes. demon out underneath, like, claws, bone shards just, boom, just explodes, and this guy, like, lunges at and rips the gunman apart, um, and then the other characters, who we spent a bit, you know, the last 20 minutes getting really close to some of them and the, the, the horror in a box kind of situation... Uh, start scattering throughout the facility, and now this demon monster has been set loose and goes hunting, and and all the minor characters that we've been introduced and kind of kept tabs on in the movie, or um, now we're going to turn kind of slasher where this guy's cutting them down and ripping through them, and and all of these things, and eventually we're going to get the problem solved um, by a, a small band of the workers and and maybe people who were close to the Steve Buscemi character like talking him down and like he's gonna get him in a corner and they're they're gonna 
we're going to rip them apart and they're like, hey man, shit happens and, and we're going to, you know, it's a different place and a different time where this is going to be better now. You don't have to be doing this. And he's going to eventually talk him down and get him to untransform. Um, and um, we're going to kind of pull away with um, them all exiting, police rushing in and going, what the fuck happened here? Um, and then, you know, they're talking to him about how to keep control of their demons. Um, and as we see the, like, the ambulance types take people out and the policemen start doing their thing, um, we're going to have, like, um, an old kind of beat up um, station wagon pull in and then, like, a couple priests step out and they come, like, approach him. And then we're going to, like, do that drone pull away and into credits. <clears throat> I want Jennifer Lawrence. So I like the I like the uh, from Dust Till Dawn, old switcheroo. Yeah. I like that where like you think it's like a realistic horror, like a active shooter horror, and then uh, you go to the titty twister and the vampires show up. Right. I like I like that. That's awesome. But so because of that, we want to sell it as an active shooter type real horror. So Jennifer Lawrence can't be sexy. She has to be like the way. Normal, like it's like asking me not to be sexy. What, yeah, I mean, what do you want us to do about stuff like that? Just do what you've been doing. So, uh, wow. like, like you know, like what I mean. She's got like there great, you go. she's got like her hair pulled back. She doesn't have perfect Hollywood hair. Oh no, no, we're no make her, sexy makeup. I mean, she's she's obviously still going to be gorgeous for because she's just a good looking woman. But no, wow, you hear that, Dana? No, uh, well, Dana's way better looking. Than, than Steve Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Firefighter, motherfucker. He'd be nice to Steve Buscemi. And then we should also like. What do you think about when it, when it turns the the when it does the titty twister turn? That's when we don't necessarily we don't necessarily shoot the movie differently. But that's like when like in Jared Jared. I better sorry. win. Sorry, I better win <laughs> for that. That's like when Tyler's movie, when like the red alarms come on, like it not, using using the area, it becomes more not not theatrical, but maybe like the camera isn't filmed like a documentary uh, active shooter type movie. It's more like you use more uh, subjective type angles. Yeah, so I'm thinking like the first half of the movie is a shot like really still static cameras. Yeah, uh, always on of, sticks. Yeah, not a lot of like movement in them. I wanted to almost feel like surveillance footage, but I don't want to do like found footage surveillance right, footage right. style, but just I want to have that kind of atmosphere to it. And then once the movie switches, I almost want like handheld. Kind of um I want the I want there almost be like a a, a audible or visual knocking the camera off the stick where like the the like the monster does its thing and then like the camera tilts and falls and then like we see the monster and then the cameraman picks up the camera and then starts following the monster around um and we get some more shaky footage we get some more like dark angles Very, um, i yeah, want to play with shadow i want to play with a red light that comes yeah, on like, at some and point someone i know this isn't realistic but someone shoots a fire extinguisher and then that's where you get like the fog yeah and, and it becomes the very theatrical yeah you could have them knock over like the coffee maker and it sets fire to like a paper on the wall or something yeah and like the that. lights the fluorescent lights have been shot so that's where you get the the the, the standard and i want the transform 
I want the ch- that fucking ADM. I ain't going there. Uh, the that's or whatever place that you or whatever may not work for you. Uh, like I want the transformation to be painful. Like he like not. And well, yeah, he said his skin was ripping. Yeah, off. where like he mm-hmm. rips his like he rips his own skin off. It's not like he was like, oh, hold on, let me fold this piece of my face up and come back for it later. That actually might be creepier. Like where he knows the demon's coming, so he like takes his glasses off and he puts them on. He takes his coat off. That I, but that that, that, I, that I, defeats I, the whole rage. Yeah, I, I like that idea, but maybe for like a future installment or something like that. Right now, I want it to be that primalness, and that's what actually lets makes the demon come out of him is that primal rage. Like there's this one person who's been good to me my entire life, and now this person ripped them away from me. I want that primal energy to to come out in that that particular scene. Well, title-wise, what were we thinking? Um, I think I want to go with a mental health term, and I want to call it the playground theory. You have to explain it. Okay, so playground theory is um, a theory in mental substance use, um, and it comes from if you have a kid playing in the playground, um, and you take that kid from that playground and put them in a new playground, they will make new friends, they will play in new ways and new places. Um when you take that kid away from the new playground and put them in the old place, they now play with their old friends in the same old ways in the same place. Um, so that that theory is if you are removed from the place where you are using and the people you're using with and put into a healthy place, you stop. And then if we pick you back up and put you back to where you were, you will start again. Um, so the playground theory is once you are plucked from that place and put into a new place, you have to keep going with the new people, the new places, and the new things, because if you go back to what you were doing, you're going to go back to what you were doing. Um, so that's the playground theory, is changing people, places, and things, and continuing with that effort. Okay. Because this person is, his people are changing because Jennifer Lawrence is dying. Uh, his things are changing too. because now he is, uh, you know, coming to truth with the fact that there is a real demon here um and obviously the place is going to change because of all of the the violence that happens inside the facility so that's i want to go with playground theory okay my bad all right are we going with david i can't pronounce his name i don't know who that is but that's the dude polka dot man polka dot man oh yes i'm absolutely fine with him being the the steve buscemi like character okay all right. There you go. There you go. Uh-oh. He's on his phone. Okay. All right. We enter a scene where a camera is focused on a clock. And on it starts w- ringing. As it starts clock. ringing, it starts moving off the table. So like an alarm clock. Like an alarm clock. Old school alarm clock. But yeah, like the bells. Like, okay. And then it falls off the table. But as it falls, you see that it's attached to a string. When the string falls, you see that it's attached to a pen that it pulls out, causes the ball to start rolling down. And you have this scene of this, uh, what's that? Uh, Rue Goldberg machine? Rue Goldberg machine of this thing that starts happening. Uh, one cause effect, one thing leads to another. And it finally gets to this big, wicked contraption at the end that you see that this guy is strapped to. That it's like, mm, 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 and you see the final thing is a spinning blade that has now been triggered going towards him. But before it gets to him, 
there's a mechanical failure. And the blade stop, shoots him to the wall, and the guy's spared. Okay. And then uh, this masked figure is just like, fuck, god damn it. Like, that was like... And then he sees where it fails, and he starts an email cons- uh, correspondence. I knew, I knew that's where this was the going. The biggest horror <laughs> of all. Email correspondence with a manufacturer with a machine shop of getting a part replaced for <laughs> this specific unit that he has to get specifically milled. Okay. Uh, and so they're going back and forth over estimates, uh, doing some talk like, oh, so why do you think the part failed? Was it not strong enough? And yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, we need to go to a higher metal. Like, well, unfortunately, that's going to cost you more. Like, we put this in the original estimate and whatnot. The and it just back- bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, and so it's uh, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, it gets to the uh, numbskull mill operator as he's running the new parts in the lathe. And they do all custom job for all over the world, so they don't do... So it's just, uh, he's working on this bolt. He's a relatively young kid who's getting trained by this Christopher Walken guy. Which is Christopher Walken. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, giving him the ins and out and like, uh, uh, tell him like, oh, yeah, right, right, you gotta do it this way. You don't wanna, you wanna chamfer that. So You're not gonna do the accent? I can't. Oh. Why like, you, you don't got, wanna do You gotta push, push you, you, the button. You gotta push the button this way, and you gotta make certain Let's to stop before then. That's Christopher Walken. That's, yeah, that's that why is, I didn't want to do is, it. That is more William Shatner than it is Christopher Walken. And then it goes. You got to push the button. And then it goes to uh, this back and forth. Of it goes through the week of like, command. Oh, we got a lot of weird jobs coming in lately, and. He eventually gets all a stack of blueprint because he's bigger than normal, and he sort of assembles the thing in his head by using all the blueprints that he's gotten. He's like, "Am I making a murder machine?" And he's like, "No, I'm not being." And his boss, who I want to be like a uh, Craig Craig Robinson, to be like, "Man, it isn't your job to think; it's your job to make." God, that was racist. <laughs> You can't. You won't do Christopher Walken, but you'll do Craig Robinson. I wasn't doing an accent. I was just saying a voice. You're, make, you're making it worse, Cody. You're we making it worse. found shit. <laughs> As I was saying, so it goes back and forth about he keeps like bringing it up to management, like, "Hey, I think we're making murder devices." And nobody seemed to be caring because he's like, no, we make custom orders for this guy. It doesn't matter what it's being used for. We're getting paid to do a job. And it seems like he's putting it all together. So it goes into this conspiracy-like theory where he's losing his mind. Like, am I responsible for these people that are dying and these elaborate murder machines because I'm the one that made them technically? Or is it him that he pressed the button? And then we go to the, the actual murderer. He's like, no, I'm not responsible either. I just pressed the first switch. It's that last thing that actually killed the guy. And it's not my fault that I pressed that one button. So it is bureaucracy. So it's a horror comedy. I, I want to be like sort of a dark, have a sort of dark comedy aspect with like the moral obligation. Like, are you responsible for if you make something? Are you responsible for what it is used this for? This is kind well? of like so it's, if so it's a Mike horror version of The Office. This is kind of like mm-hmm. if Mike Judge wrote a horror movie. Can we do like a hot tub time machine reunion where instead of Christopher Walken we get Crispin Glover? Oh, Chris, maybe. Like I had uh, several other things. Like I want the guy, the younger mill operator, to be Luke Wilson. 
okay. younger mill operator. Yeah, Luke Wilson. He looks. He's got a youthful look. I mean, he's no Paul. And then I want the killer to be Eugene Levy. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> can the name of the factory that builds everything can it be Holmes Inc? Yeah, fine. I don't get the joke. H H Holmes. He built the murder house. I love that. No, that was a hotel. Yeah, and like, and then he's looking over like, wait, we're making multiple parts for multiple different murder house, murder hotel. So he's like, oh, no one lived there very long. Exclusively making parts for murderers and their elaborate Saul-inspired murder devices. This is like a origin for Acme. (laughs) And then uh, I'd like the Roadrunner special, please. And then uh, we get to the end where, well, if nobody cares, and like, wait, maybe I can do something myself, and he starts making his own designs. As he's like, if nobody believes me, maybe I can make my own designs, and I'm not accountable anymore, because by that same logic, I can use these designs on these murderers to save the world from Oh, so then you throw in a little bit of Dexter. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I want it to be called Runtime. And this is Luke Wilson, the one... Wait, is it Luke Wilson, the one that is going to use it on the bad guys? Yeah. So I think you need to end that with the dude, like, you know, like, designing his own thing and him looking over, like, yeah, this is good. I like this a lot. And, it's like, his supervisor comes over and is like, hey, there's overtime Saturday. Do you want to work it? Yeah. yeah. You know? He's like, yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> And that was my idea. Like, I got to think about it. There you go. There you go. Like, and so, like, sort of like, at what level of accountability are you at fault that when is it that the blood is not on your hands? So, are you going to bring my hands? Are you going to bring any of, like, the legal aspect in? Yeah. Like, the, okay. Well, because legally, there's a clear cut answer to that question which, in that which situation. Is, what's legally? Uh, the, the legally is as soon as you press that button, knowing that the end effect of the machine is this guy is dead, you are legally culpable. What if you didn't know? What if you, found, what if you uh, didn't know uh, when you hit it, but you found out afterwards? Are you guilty? Th- after then why did you push the button? Is the question? Because it was my job as an operator of this machine. I was told it made nunchucks. Then, no, if you were under the impression that the machine would not harm anyone, then you were not. But what if you found out afterwards? Are you guilty after the fact? No. Oh. Um, the most you could get is like, uh, like a low charge manslaughter because they, have to, they would then show that you acted recklessly or with neglect. But if you can honestly show that you acted in good faith and that there was no uh, neglect or unwillful intent, then you're fine. Right. So, you have the legal aspect of that, like, yeah, cut and dry, that is the case. Mm-hmm. But, at the end of the day, you have the survivor's guilt. You have the, I know I wasn't legally responsible for it, but I did do something that caused life to end. So, you have all these other feelings coming into the mix. Like, just because he's legally absolved for it, is he mentally absolved of it? Well, that's a that's a really interesting dichotomy because you have the killer who is legally responsible, saying, "I didn't do it. I'm not responsible for it." Right. And then and you that, have the guy who manufactured it who isn't legally responsible, feeling morally responsible. That's a really interesting dichotomy. Right, and that's the aspect I want to sort of put behind it is like how just change of perspective changes what is felt in the moment. Is that why he decides to kill? Because he's like, "Oh, I'm, I feel morally responsible, so I'm just going to go yeah. use it for." 
I'm less just, lesser evil by killing bad guys. We could say that. Well, also like morality has like a wear down of thing on your morality. Like the more times that you act immorally, and the more that you come to terms to allow yourself to survive, the more likely you are to act immoral in the future. So like this sounds like it's going to be like a moral descent for this character. Like that's the that's the horror is here's this relatively good guy who is now following down this trail of moral descent while he struggles with the issue. Look at Cody coming up with a horror think piece. Yeah. And, but you uh, know how I feel about think pieces. <laughs> you love makes, them. It makes his head hurt. Yeah. I know I hate think pieces, but fuck. I chose the wrong episode. But no, 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 no. This reminds me more of like, um, and I mean this in a good way. I had the idea when I was thinking about this, was thinking about the Saw movies. Like, he has all these fucking elaborate things. Like, he's a frail old man. Some of those things he's not going to be able to do by himself. And I know he had assistance. Like, at the end of the day, some of that shit is fucking specialized. You're not just going to fucking find that. You're going to have to get that. He's an engineer. Engineers are nothing without... uh, uh, mechanics and machinists to make his dream come alive. You, you see, you ever yeah. heard about engineers? Yeah, an engineer would crime over a hundred versions just a fucking operator in the ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is why I like engineers. Uh, but that's my point of it. Like, yeah, he's smart, deadly. But you whatever, see, but you see him milling out objects in the movies, though. Yes, but he does. There's no way, time wise, I feel like he would have enough time to do. Everything he does without getting any some any any outside help. He had superpowered cancer that he has. Becker's assistant, and he has uh, Picket Fence assistant, and then he has Logan from Jigsaw. Okay, so he has those four. Like, but what I'm trying to say, it is more than just four people that could do an elaborate things of some of those things I've seen. Uh, some of those things are really complicated. Oh, I and get, he had I the doctor. The, he had the doctor, too. I mean, I, I just, get where Cody's coming from, because he didn't have all of those assistants at the same time. Some of them came in and replaced each other. No, they, um, they had Logan. So my they idea had is Logan. more of an outsourcing Here, story of Story time. Hold on. Story hold on. Time. Oh, Before no. you get long in the tooth, I want the behind the scenes where in the first movie, there's the guy that's got like, he's got all those numbers written on the wall. I want a scene of Jigsaw just like writing a number and being like, ah, oh, fuck, hand cramp. <laughs> and writing some more numbers on the wall, or it gets yeah, the Eugene end Levis where character yeah, that. just yeah. like oh God. yeah, he, the uh, Eugene Levi is going over the map like ah crap, I didn't divide right here, and it's him spending like uh, five minutes going over the math, talking to himself like, see, this is why it broke. I didn't account for the torque of the actual way the blade on the shaft, and and that's what I had envisioned. I almost want to get to the point, like, I want to play the comedy up in some places. Like, like Eugene Levy's doing that and, like, like proselytizing, like, the, the all of the mistakes that he made and how this Rube Goldberg machine is supposed to, like, murder the guy and the guy's getting impatient. Like, can you fucking untie me if you're not going to kill me right now? You know? There's a scene where, like, Looney Tunes is in the background and the killer's just, like... Yeah, it starts like writing. Well, down that ideas. is that is where Knoxville gets his ideas from Jackass. <laughs> but it'd be cool if L- Levy played it like a twisted version of Professor Farnsworth. He wa- good news. <laughs> good news. The parts are on uh, order. They'll be here next week. I've got two day prime shipping. <laughs> they will be here tomorrow. So you just have to go two days without food. That's it. <laughs> okay, I. Okay, I like this idea. Are you comfortable? Now that it's less. 
now that it's less thinky PC, but I see it more as like legacy TV, like uh, HBO, um, Westworld type stuff. So you're wanting to turn my movie pitch into a TV series? Yeah, because I think you explore once because you, you want to do the moral decay of of uh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. I don't. You'd want to do it over a couple episodes. You wouldn't want to do it over a two-hour movie because it's. It'd be too sudden of a shift. Right. I don't know. I think if you if you really focused it on Luke, you've seen, we've seen other movies in the past where they have strong moral shifts that don't feel out of place. Right, but you've also seen the you've also seen the uh, the other side of that where they uh, they try to push it off, and you're like, I don't buy the fact that this guy this guy or girl snaps so quickly. Oh, there's definitely some of that, but like, um, like uh, uh, Seven's a good example. You know, you have a relatively good cop, um, and you see his moral decay through that movie, and when he murders Seven at the end, like you're Seven. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Spacey's character. I thought his his persona was called Seven. No, it was, uh, John Doe. John Doe. Well, he kills John, John Doe, Doe at the has end. The upper hand. You know, it kills. <laughs> that <John>. was pretty. <laughs> How well, come it's racist when I do it? Back up. No, be, be, has the because, because that was a relatively decent Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that actually was. Pretty. And it wasn't generic black man. <laughs> we found shit. We found shit. <laughs> no, one hundred. I genuinely. I. I I honestly, I, if you like my idea, that's great. If it didn't win, fine. But I felt like I actually competed this. Oh, I th- that's all I. Cared. I thought you were gonna say if I didn't win, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Not, not I, like you all, said it earlier. Like I think we all brought something pretty good to the table this time. Yeah, unlike those other times when Cody should have won and everyone else's movies were shit. Yeah, Ouch. exactly. Uh, man, this is gonna be tough. All right. The, the McRib commercial movie oh, should have won. That was such no, a masterpiece. No, no. I, I should have won, and then he ruined it because he's like, I don't like think pieces. I don't. Uh, now, I'll tell you the one of yours that should have probably won that didn't was the uh, Bare Naked Lady one. Uh, that no, one was pretty Fucking good. Devil Went Down to Georgia should have won that one. If you had only submitted one movie, you yeah, probably you would have won. Yeah, if you would have changed like three movies. And I the, was throwing stuff at the wall, see what stuck. The oh. worst part was we're the ones that finished his damn pitch for him. I know, right? He's like, did it? I did. No, no, you no. I did. You, 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 told, you had like you two told, sentences, then we all put it together. You for told you. the good part, and then you completely like drove it downhill. <laughs> and then we're like, wait, wait, let's back up to like right about here. Yeah, when it was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. let's hear this bullshit. Yeah, let's hear Cindy, it. can we get some coffee? Okay. Uh, man, and some I, cocaine? Uh, <laughs> I like bottle episodes. Actually, both years of bottle episodes. I like bottles. Can we get some bottles well, in here? Well, I mean, isn't a bottle? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like Etrigan style monster transformations. Zach Galifianakis. I do like Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> yeah, but I you like. Think, I you like. Think Jigsaw. he could be straight? Oh yeah. You think so? Yeah, he's done it before. Uh, when? Uh, there's a movie where he plays the son. Of, he plays the descendant of George Washington. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's, a, it's it, not a comedy. It is. 
It's got comedic aspects for the most part. It's just a weird think piece movie. It's uh, he's in a movie called Visionaries. He's in a movie called Below. There's the one where he's a mental patient. Yeah. Hmm. At least I haven't seen any of those. But uh, the thing that all I see is like, the most I've seen from him is his two ferns and a between two ferns. Yeah, that movie or that sh- uh, TV show, whatever there's, it is. There's baskets as well. He plays kind of a serious. Yeah, the one where he's the mental patient, that's the one where it's like the coming-of-age story of a kid who was trying to commit suicide, so he admits himself to a 24-hour watch. And Zach is a patient there, and he sort of helps him get in a help facility. All right. Kind of a funny... It's kind of a funny story. That's the name of the movie. See, it's hard because I like... Yeah, it is. I like creature features, like Mimic... And I like monsters. Aren't they the same thing? No. Because mm. creatures are more like of nature, and monsters are more of usually either alien or of religious. Gotcha. No, supernatural. Uh, supernatural wiki. Oh, God. you got to make a decision, Adam. I know. You can't spend another four minutes agonizing over this. I know, but I see, I see both movies in my head. He's yeah. completely just ditched yours, Cody. Uh huh. I know. Yeah. That's just a big. Not, not that piece of shit, but the yeah. other two, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard yeah. call. Yeah, because I didn't use uh, Zach Galifianakis because I thought it was uh, too common of a pick. Wow. Oh, he's, hey. he kind so, of says, so says the guy who had Eugene Levy and Christopher Eugene Walken. Eugene Levy has not been in a horror movie in a while. That said I the guy that did an incredibly racist Craig Robinson impersonation. <laughs> Or just generic black person. <laughs> okay, so the only reason why I'm going to give this to Daniel oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Is, shit. is because hey, Tyler is because... Hey, are you able to talk with that much cum in your mouth right now? <laughs> is, <clears throat> let me swallow real quick. Is because you reference uh, Cabin in the Woods and I fucking hate that movie. Oh, that movie's brilliant. Is that your own okay, one? So Cody, so Cody, so Cody won. Um, so what? So Cody won. Since he said Kevin Woods, uh, he liked that movie. That's not fair. Okay. All right. Daniel, you... Bullshit. All right. Because well, I made I, a reference to Kevin in the Woods. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I had to. Co- I like both of them. I had to I, come no. up with some stupid I, reason. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that Playground Theory will be, be coming to theaters near you. Is it coming to theaters or going straight to streaming? I don't know. We're coming to theaters. Right? Oh, okay. Tubi. I mean, prob- probably a 2B one, yeah. Um, I just want to thank Tyler and Cody for putting together shit movies for the win today. Fuck off. <laughs> this is one of the best ones I've ever done. It was brilliant, man. It was really Bro, good. Daniel this is, has I, 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 this is up there in my, one of my favorites. Daniel Newkirk has the upper hand. <laughs> I wrote a Google document about this one. I actually I, looked up actors beforehand, so I wouldn't just be like, ah, what's his face? Yeah. No, I think he did a really good job. It was... Those, those were, were fantastic pitches. I'm, I'm frankly very oh. surprised to hear that I won. Uh, but thank you very much. Uh, so for oh. me, it'll be the honor of being the studio head for the next episode. So our prompt is going to be resolving a long, conflicted problem from behind the scenes of Danish Control Podcasting. So some of you, <laughs> some of you longtime listeners may know from some of our episodes, that I hate the movie Rudy, 
and I uh, had the experience to meet the man. Uh, so you met the rude. I met the real. You Rudy met Sean Aston? And no, the actual, the real life Rudy. Oh, I uh, met him in high school. Um, so we are going to make our best inspirational film for our next podcast. You're going to do the best that you can to inspire uh, oh, hope so and I, goodness. You hate inspirational uh, movies. No, I hate Rudy. You hate a lot of inspirational movies. Yeah, you're going to have to make a good one. One that I don't hate. I don't know how you hate Rudy and Forrest right, Gump. Mine's called Trudy. What, what was the other one? <laughs> Forrest Gump? I don't hate Forrest Gump. I just don't think it's as good as everyone claims it to be. And I certainly don't find it inspirational. Mm. You know. Um, well, yeah, Forrest could do it, then so can you. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, so you guys are going to make an inspirational movie. Now, that does not necessarily mean it has to be a religious movie. Um, because was Rudy a religious movie? Uh, no, but a lot of people when you hear inspirational, it oh, immediately ties oh. to religion. Got okay, okay, you know? okay. So like, Adam's yeah. definitely going the, the going the religious route. I am now. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so you will be making inspirational movies, and Rudy will be your benchmark. Mine so is called it Trudy. It's about a one-legged stripper that wanted to be a rocket. All right, Adam wins. Uh, mine is a religious think piece. About a man named Jesus and his twelve friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a real great twist in the middle, I hear. Yeah, yeah. My movie it is, is going to be Rudy Two, the ass kicking. Should have gone Rudy Two Rudner, <laughs> where he goes back Rude, to Notre Dame to Rude, actually Rude play more than a single Rudy Tootie, Fruity, fresh and fruity, fresh and fruity Tootie in the booty. All right, the porn spinoff. Okay, you've been listening to previously on... <laughs> no, they stopped Con- stop by now. Probably. Uh, Damage Control Podcasting Production. Uh, check us out on social media at Instagram, X, and on Facebook at Damage Control Podcasting. Also, check out new episodes of Damage Control Podcasting most... Eh, some Mondays uh, on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Adam, push the button. There you go.